Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. Good evening and welcome to Miracles in Recovery. It is... The 15th. July 15th. She's my calendar. Um... (laughs) And we are Miracles in Recovery. You know, I just want to take a real quick minute to reach out to an old friend of ours, uh, Miracle Mike Raley, who is in Las Vegas. He was our original producer of the Miracles in Recovery radio show. He's the one that got us going. He's the one that got us on the air up bringing our voices of recovery to the nation that listens. And... I just got an email from him uh, saying hello, which which we haven't spoken in a little while, not because of any turmoil or anything like that. His life went one way, mine went another, and I just wanted to uh, tell the world because we are a world, we have a worldwide audience that there's an awesome guy out there named Miracle Mike Rayleigh, and he's the driving force, the original driving force behind Miracles in Recovery. So if you're out there. Find a knee, say a prayer, and thank Mike for allowing us to bring this show to you. Definitely. Mike, um, I hope you're doing well. We miss you. Uh, I miss seeing a lot of the the little artwork and stuff that you used to send. Take care of yourself. We really miss you a lot. On to lesser important things because he's the he like i said he's the driving force behind um everything that we do you know we bring the message of recovery uh to our audience and you know ultimately we try to talk about how it affects the communities and families and in all of the stuff that intertwines within that you know one of the most important things i mean in the world that we live in today one of the most important things we need to sit back and decipher what is really important to us and what isn't. There's so much out there that we can cling on to to take us out of our own um, madness and point a finger at somebody else or another group, another um, political wing, you know. Uh, There's just so much craziness out there, and I think what, what it's doing is it's doing a disservice to everyone who wants to look at others instead of themselves. You know, recovery isn't something that you can get just by jumping on the bus. Yeah, I mean, you have to be a participant. You have to pay the coin. You know, and if you're not paying the coin, what good are you doing? You're spinning your wheels and the people around you are getting that effect too. And if somebody is, you know, the thing is what I was told was always make sure when you're speaking of recovery or in anything else that you act accordingly how you want to be perceived because you never know who's watching. You know, you never know who is trying to emulate their life after you. And if you're out there walking around like a crap bag and somebody's looking at you for good orderly direction, what are you giving them? You're screwing two people over that way. I don't know that anybody would look at you for very long if you were acting, acting a fool like that. Um, and and I think sometimes people get into into the recovery mode, and I have seen people start trying to control things, start trying to, um, you know, maybe be more important than everybody else. And one of the things that I learned is we're all equal. And one of the things that surprised me the most when I started in 12-step recovery was that no one was in charge, really. No one was in charge. The group managed itself. Every group managed themselves. They were all, you know, self-contained, you know, following principles, of course. But in a business meeting, I was accustomed to an agenda and, you you know, you you do all of these things and someone's in charge and and it really doesn't work that way and I think that's one of the most beautiful things about it is that there's no nobody's more important than anybody else and nobody's in charge we're all in charge of ourselves and I think that is the biggest message that was the biggest message to me and it still is 
nobody's in charge of me but me. Nobody takes care of the things that need to be taken care of about me except me. So I have to do the best job that I can to get where I need to get without stepping on anyone else. So, you know, you kind of have to, you have to watch your step in a lot of ways. Because there's nobody out there that's going to watch it for you. Right. You know, if you, if you, if you look around and like I, like I was just referencing the world, no one's looking out after your ass. No. no. You know, nobody's, nobody's looking out there trying to look after Ray or look after Ellen or look after little Joey, look after little Stevie or Heidi or whoever else is out there that's listening. You need to take control of what it is that you have because we've had people on here for we've had guests on here for how long we've we been on this channel three yeah, years two maybe or three years, yeah. two or three years we've had guests that come on and you know they tell you make sure you ask questions when you're when you're trying to get your loved one help make sure you ask questions there are people out there like anywhere else with with bad intentions with not so good intentions but the bottom line is, is it is a monetary commitment that you're making to trying to save your loved one's life. Make sure you ask questions. And make sure that you ask the right questions, too. Well, one, I mean, you know. You know the, well, one of the ones that I used to ask was, what, you know, what's your success rate? That's a dumb question. You know, I think you said no. a few weeks ago. Well, you said a few weeks ago. You know, the success rate's a hundred percent. It's the individual that fails. Right. But you know, I wanted to go. To, you know, hear about a place where ninety-five percent of the people are sober, clean after five years. Well, how do you keep track of that? You can't. Um, to me, one of the one of the best things that happened was, uh, and I think it was a friend of yours, working with somebody who does interventions. And can, you know, talk to the person or talk to the loved ones and kind of help you figure out where the right place would be. You know, do you want something local that's close? Do you want to send them far away, out of state, you know, across the country? I did all of those things. But, you know, getting them out of where they are now, where all their friends are, where all their, you know, using buddies are is sometimes a good idea. Sometimes it's not. So the the types of questions that you need to ask are, you know, ask the questions that are important to you. But, you know, when you're looking for statistics and things like that, I don't even know that they're really possible to measure. And and um, my daughter was in facilities that would send letters saying, you know, how are you now, wanting communication. Do you think she ever answered them? No. No. So how do they measure? It's almost impossible to measure those kinds of outcomes. Yeah, no, and, and the thing about that is, is, is that, you know, the bottom line is that you need to police your own in the sense of... Um, no one is going to if you're if I mean if you're if you're listening and you've been to rehab and it hasn't worked for you or basically you haven't worked it um, you know I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it any different than that you haven't worked it um, relying on someone else to give you something that you get just through listening and opening up your ears and opening up your heart. Um, Somebody can't force feed it to you. The message that the message of recovery is listen. And you do the work. You have to do the work. You can't just sit there and you know expect to, to gain it by osmosis. And I, you know I can remember wishing for that lightning bolt that would strike and, and everything would be okay. And you do occasionally hear of someone who has some kind of a, a spiritual experience and everything changes for them overnight. But for the most part, I think it's a, a slow process. And you know there there's you know two steps forward, one step back. Very often, it's not easy. But you have to be willing to do the work. And if you're not, and if you're not ready. As, as Dr. Rob Kelly says, then, you know, there's really not a whole lot of point in in making that kind of financial commitment because you are making one. And, you know, I think most facilities, not all, but most are sincerely trying to help people in various ways. You know, there, there are different types of places. There are some that adhere to 12-step. There are some that are breaking away from that and trying to go to some kind of a different way of, of helping people. You know, especially the people that maybe the 12-step concept doesn't work for. And all of those things need to be taken into consideration as well, as well as things like, you know, do you have underlying, you know, other 
issues such as bipolar disorder, ADHD, all the, all the various types of co-occurring diagnoses that someone can have. So all of those things need to be thought about carefully, you know, when selecting a place. You know, and, and speaking about selecting a place, you know, there's, we will uh, bring a little bit more of our knowledge. And I say our knowledge. I mean, I've been in a few. Her daughter's been in a few. We've, we've, we've played that uh, rodeo. So if you're, if you're struggling now trying to get and keep somebody in a facility, call 866-472-5792 with your questions or comments. And we'll take them when Ellen and I return on the Miracles and Recovery radio show. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. And we are back. We were talking about um, recovery facilities and stuff like that. And it's funny because because we are on the airwaves and that means that there's a lot of technical mumbo jumbo going on. And, you know, at the beginning of the show, I gave the shout out to, to Miracle Mike and, and he was our producer of a canned show. We weren't live. The last segment Ellen and I had to do on the same microphone because my mic keeps shutting <laughs> off for some reason. So if you, if I if I fade away, it's not because I don't want to talk to you. It's because my equipment. Uh, I, I I need to I need to get back with my uh, my producer guru and get us uh, squared away again. I guess. But anyway, we were talking about going into a facility, and you know I think Ellen might be able to share a little bit about. Her experiences, so you don't have to experience them. Because what you know, my dad told me when we were when I was a kid. Um, I hope I get this right. A smart man learns from his mistakes, but a wise man learns from others. Now, this is your opportunity to be wise, and I'm seeing. Um, no. I'm seeing uh, – I just lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Ellen. Well, if, if you are looking to, be, to make a wise choice, if you are trying to help someone get into a facility or, or if you are somebody who is trying to get yourself into a facility – the wisest thing you can do is take your time, and I know time is of the essence, and I can remember being, you know, thinking I've got to do this immediately. Take enough time to, you know, talk to more than one place and and see if you 
get a comfortable feeling. I know there are a lot of places now that are like call centers where you call in and, and you talk to somebody and they say, oh, you should go here, you should go here, you should go here. Um, based usually on your insurance, I don't know that that's a particularly good idea. There are a lot of people who don't have insurance or who don't have good coverage, and finding somewhere to go is going to be a lot more difficult. There are places that will do scholarships, but you know they do have to pay their bills as well. There are also places like Salvation Army in various spots all over the country, and they they have a good program. There are some religious programs. I know there there are a couple around here that have been in place for a very long time, and, and actually a lot of people, once they get out of jail, will be mandated into one of them. So there there are all types of different treatments that you can avail yourself of or, or find for your loved one. Um, you've got to take a lot of things into consideration. You know, obviously, first off is payment. If you have good insurance, you're, you're very fortunate. You'll have a lot more choices. If you don't, you know, you need to look at scholarshiping opportunities or some of the free or and or religious-based programs. Um, but ask a lot of questions. Ask the questions that are important to you. You know, and like I said in the last segment, things like what is your success rate are not good questions because they're really not going to be able to give you an honest answer. I've had some that told me like 75%, but I know now there is absolutely no way that could be, number one, possible, and number two, um, measurable. So you need to look at things like, you know, what does the program consist of? I want to know what they're going to be doing on a daily basis. Uh, how do they move someone through the program? How long is the program? Can my loved one stay more than the requisite 30 days that was determined, I think, during the Vietnam War? Yeah, that that was the most important thing. Um, for the most part, yeah, it still is. They, yeah. That's the gold standard. But if somebody needs to stay more more than 30 days, and many, many, many times they do. You know, I've heard up to six months, even a year. If they're going to stay somewhere long term, you know, how do they progress through that program? Because you don't want to, you know, be doing the same stuff that you were doing the first two weeks you were there if you've been there for six months. You know, you need to be working toward getting a job, taking care of yourself and all those types of things. So there are, you know, what what is the progression? Do they stay in the same facility, do they move to, you know, halfway house, sober living facility, some other type of, of step-up program? You know, sometimes those are successful, sometimes they aren't. But you should, you know, they should be looking at, I'm getting better, so I need to be getting more responsible as far as taking care of myself. So right. how, how, how is the progression? What is the progression? You know, and, and that's, all, that's all well and good. And the reason why I asked Ellen to um, make that statement is because me at my in my active uh, participation, I was just falling into the bed that was that was given to me. I had no. I woke up going, okay, why am I here? You know, and that's what happens with a lot of us that that are at our saturation point when we're put in a facility. We don't even know. Where, where, where the rest of our clothes are, never mind what, what's, you If know. you even have any left. Yeah. So, you know, it's always good to get the information from someone who has had to walk the other side of the active addict's path. Now, if you're an active addict, that doesn't mean that you just don't have to ask. If, you, if you're all the only resource you have, then, then ask an addict that has walked through. You know, we are, we are we're available... When we're off the air, 24 hours a day at 855-STOP-USING. That's 855-STOP-USING. That right to my cell phone. If, you're, if you speak my language and you're in anywhere that I can help you, by all means, I will point you to someone close to you. The greatest thing about uh, recovery is that they, they use the word network, and that's what it is. Uh, I know people all over the world. Or if I don't, I know somebody who may. And one helps another, helps another, helps another, helps another, gets you the help that you need. But the thing is, is that you need to be the one that steps up to the plate and swings the bat. No one's going to swing that bat for you. Nobody's going to take that strike. You know, and I'm only referencing baseball because I was watching the Yankees before, <laughs> the, before we went on the air. But nobody's going to take that strike for you. So you need to get up off your, off your tail and, and get yourself 
to people that have the willingness to help. Now, I know in my family, I, I burned almost every bridge that I could have. My mother was even telling my younger brothers and sisters to cross the street when they got out of school because I was in the park that was right across the street from the school. Um, ultimately, when I was honest and said I needed help, or any time I said I needed help, my mother was my biggest champion. She was there. You know, and, and that's and that's what got me to a point when I hit my saturation point to say enough is enough. I need to turn to the family that loves me or at least is aware that I'm out there because my friends weren't. They would have stepped over me. I mean, the sad reality is, is we've stepped over people. Yeah. You know, um, not something that I, you know, it's not a claim to fame in any way, you know, but we, we've stepped over people to get what it is that we needed to get. And then, and then we tried to take care of them. So I reached out to the people who at least I thought would have my back and they did. And that's why I'm here. You know, I, I ultimately praised Miracle Mike Rayleigh for us being on the air and him showing us the way. Well, and believing in us because, right. you know, here we are. He didn't know what we could do. He didn't know. He, I, I sent him uh, a thing on eBay. I bought the system that we use on eBay from him, and he gave us this good orderly direction. We were on a, we were on a small show in West Palm Beach that had like an 11-mile radius, and <laughs> yeah. it was it was not a, you know, it, it, it definitely wasn't Rush Limbaugh down the street because that's, that's his backyard. But, um, you know, we, we made it, you know, and, and, and ultimately, if we reference how we made it on the air to bring this message to you, we can turn that around and how I managed to get off the streets and into a facility and finding a new way to live. Well, and another thing that I found extremely helpful, with the advent of social media, there are a lot of mom groups, parent groups, you know, family groups out there. And one of the last times that my daughter, I guess maybe the last time that my daughter relapsed, um, she'd been doing okay for a while. She was in school. She didn't have insurance. Um, I didn't know what to do because I knew she needed detox. And to me, you know, I know detox has many meanings, but to me, detox is getting you off the drug of choice. And then after that, you go into rehab. So detox and rehab are two different things for me. I knew that she needed detox. I didn't know how I was going to get that for her. So I jumped on Facebook and onto my mom groups. And within 10 minutes, I had her scholarship into a detox that was probably five miles from our house. I got her over there within the hour. They took her in and they took care of her. And she's basically been clean since then. She she is no longer using opioids. She is successful. You know, she has a career. She completed school. But, you know, had those people not been there, and, you know, it was like 5 o'clock in the morning, had those people not been there willing to help, willing to go out on a limb, willing to scholarship her into a relatively expensive place because they knew me, then none of this might have been possible. And the other thing that I would say is don't ever give up. If you are a family member and you, you, you're just, you know, I've had it. I can't do this anymore. Don't give up. Just back away. But don't give up. If they come to you and say, I need help, you need to be there because sometimes you're going to be the only lifeline that they've got. And maybe, just maybe, this time will be the time. But you've got to be, you've got to be willing to help if someone comes to you and asks for it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, don't, you know, they say, they tell the addict, don't give up five minutes before the miracle. I think we need to tell the families, don't give oh, up yeah, five don't minutes give before up. the miracle. You know, because what happens is, is that, what we as addicts use every and any tool to justify our use, and it's not us, it's the disease that has us thinking crazy. And you know, what happens is, is that when you turn your back on your loved one that's out there struggling, that gives the disease fuel. Doesn't mean you have to allow it into your house. Doesn't mean you have to allow it into your life. Doesn't mean that you have to, you know, placate to every, everything that they want. 
but just keep an awareness because too many people die alone on the street because they don't have anyone to turn to. And I'm not saying it's the individuals who turn their back on their family is the reason why, but just don't because because it's a, it's a, it's a it's a we thing. It's not a me thing. I mean, yes, there's a lot of things that I have done that aren't too nice. Um, I made amends for them. There, there's a lot of things that my family had to make choices for because of what I did, but they never turn their back on me per se when I said enough is enough they were there to drag me into a place to sober me up for 30 days anyway well and I didn't want to be the mom who lost a child and then had to live with myself thinking if only I had done this if only I had if only I had done this or if only I hadn't done that so you know I was willing to do just about anything that it took you know short of breaking the law um, or, you know, hurting someone, I was willing to do just about anything. I would, you know, spend any amount of money that I had if it would help. And, you know, I did that many times and it didn't help. But maybe what I did kept her alive long enough for her to figure it out on her own. And that that's the scary thing. The stuff that's out there now is so much stronger and so many more people are dying so much faster. You know, it's just ultimately a whole lot better, a whole lot better to keep your leave your options open and you know keep loving the person and if they do come to you for help be willing to be willing to step up one more time cuz i know you've you've probably stepped up a lot and it didn't do any good they you know they turned right back around i could i could tell stories for hours about all the times that it you know it turned around and bit me but yeah but i could also tell stories about, for hours about uh, how much my family ne- neglected me, and it's a lie. <laughs> you know, well, no, that, my stories wouldn't be lies. <laughs> no, yeah, well, yours wouldn't, but mine would. Uh, you know, the the thing about it is, is that, um, you know, like I said at the top of the hour, the world that we live in is chaotic enough. There's no sense in adding more chaos to your life, to the to the cause, to everything and anything, to saving your loved one. I mean, the bottom line is, is you want to save your loved one. Right. It, the, but the, the disease is going to want you to leave them alone. Fight that disease. Like I said, you don't have to okay their crap. You don't have to let them sleep in your house. You don't have to let them sleep in your car, your backyard, or, or you don't even have to let them on your street. Pull, pull uh, restraining orders on them or whatever you need to do. To let to make them be the responsible one, but ultimately, when the time and the weakness and and everything else comes in and the saturation level hits an addict and they say help, they need you to be there to give them that good orderly direction and guidance to get them where they can be safe and make a good a good orderly choice. I know that when I was when I got clean all those times and and I was put in a detox in the detox environment, I w- that wasn't my choice. My choice was help, and I don't necessarily know if it was because it was cold and I knew it was going to snow and I wanted to. <laughs> Probably but, part of it. But the bottom line is, is it slowly worked. Every time I asked for help, they made sure that I got somewhere. And every time you're in there, even if it doesn't, quote unquote, take this time, you're learning something. You know, and, and that was one of the things that, that my daughter told me. Well, you know, I heard this stuff, so I know. And one of the things that was important for me as well was that I needed to educate myself because when this first, you know, tsunami hit me, I had no idea. I knew nothing about the disease. I knew nothing about opioid addiction. I knew nothing about, you know, what to expect. I just assumed, you know, it was it was fixable. I work in healthcare. I know about rehab, you know, get in a rehab. Four weeks, you know, good to go. Rest of her life will be fine. And it was anything but, you know, it's it's quite the roller coaster of a process and often takes many, many, many years before you reach that saturation point. And it's years of the family going through absolute hell. Absolute hell. Oh yeah, it's not it's not this isn't a picnic. You know, the the thing about it is is that if you're out there you're listening and you wouldn't be listening if you weren't experiencing it. Right. The bottom line is, is that you know you've lived, either you're living the life that I lived or you're living the nightmare that Ellen lived. 
being the being the mother of an addict, and you know it's not a pretty scene. So not at all. Very surprising things happen. Yeah, I- embrace it, and 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 that's the only way that we'll get through it. You know, all of this stuff they're throwing money at this and throwing money at that, and they're throwing money at the wrong things because they're throwing money at the people that are taking your money. You know, if if they were setting up programs where people could walk in off the street or people could, you know, go get day help. Right. You know, like day help, like a day clinic. I mean, they used to have them many years ago. And then all of a sudden they came up with this crazy thing. Let's let's rape the insurance companies and hold people here for 30 days. You know, and then it became a business where when it was a mental health mm-hmm. um, issue and you could walk off the street an addict needing help or needing counseling. I mean, I remember walking walking into places and talking to somebody that I had no clue who they were and I don't even know what I told them. I was there for an hour, but it started working at that point. And now that's all changed. If we had if we had uh I see that they have uh like apps you can reach out to people from the confines of your home if you're afraid to come out and say, hey, I'm an addict and I need help, go on an app. It's a start. Right. And that's all it is is a start because the longer you wait, the tougher it's going to be to say help. Or you may not make it to that point to be able to say help. And that's the sad reality. There's people that are listening right now who won't be here tomorrow. Boom. How's that? That's a very sad but true statement. Yes, very sad, very but, sad, but very chilling. Boom, how's that? You know, I mean, I might not be here tomorrow. Who knows? But my message is clear. I try, I try well, not with my crappy mics, they're not, but my message is clear. <laughs> and we try to bring um, the reality of addiction to you on a weekly basis. Every Monday evening at 8 o'clock our time, which is East, Eastern time. And, you know, if if you're getting something, if you're hearing something, you must be hearing something because you're coming back. The audience is the audience is solid. The audience is strong. So that means our message is pure. So give us a call and share with our audience how you got through it or, or how you're dealing with it or what it is that you used to get your family to a safe place. Because it's not just about the addict that's walking away and doing all the crappy stuff. It's about the family. Listen to what Ellen's saying. Ellen's sharing the family message. I'm sharing the individual's message. So I, I don't know. I'm just grateful to be able to have this mic in front of me when it's working properly and bring this message and share this message with, with an audience that is consistent with what it is that we believe in. You know, we have a couple of shows that are coming up. And they're going to be, for all intents and purposes, addiction and recovery. They're really probably not going to be center-focused on addiction and recovery, but they're going to be shows about learning how to love yourself again, learning how to um, work, work, in, work in the field of the world as a productive member, not only as an addict, as a recovering addict or a recovering alcoholic, just as an individual. So this is for you as well. If you're listening to try to get some knowledge on how your son or daughter can get into treatment, maybe the show on loving yourself is the one that'll that'll click with you and not saying that you don't, but maybe that show will click with you and the message will be pure at that point. The message will be true and you'll know what to do. Because it'll hit something in you, and that's what it did with me. You know, that's why I'm here, where I am. It was from all of the people that were there for me, just waiting for me to hit my saturation point and surrender. I'm a marine. I don't like saying surrender, so I. But I said it. You know, <laughs> and and I'm grateful today that there are people that were waiting, and that's all you have to do is wait. Love from a distance. Wait from a distance. Yeah, I always say that um, my daughter's success happened really when I backed off, when I stopped trying to control her disease because I couldn't. 
it, it is much too strong. And there was absolutely nothing that I could do to influence her one way or the other. The only thing that I could do was let her know that no matter what, no matter what, I always would love her. And if she came to me and said, I need help, that I would try to get her the help that she needed. And I did that each and every time. And, you know, it, there were a lot of unsuccessful attempts. But, you know, you've got to just keep plugging away until it finally, finally, finally kicks in. You know, and, and, you know, for us, it did. It did, finally. And, you know, I'm, I am a relieved mama now. It's been like almost three years, I think. So I, I'm even to the point, and I never thought I would be here, where I'm not looking over my shoulder anymore. I'm not waiting for the shoe, you know, the other shoe to fall again. I, I am relaxed and living life again, and, and I never thought I would get that far. I never thought I would trust her. I do. I, tr- I truly do. I used to lock up purses. I would lock up <laughs> yeah, my purse. But let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Do you still have in the in the back of your mind when you're walking out the door, do you still do an inventory of what's in the house? No. Not at all. I absolutely you're, don't. You're, you're free and clear. I'm free and clear. Is that I mean, awesome or what? If I walked in and it was gone, it would be gone. But no, I am free and clear. I don't even I don't I don't think about it anymore. And right. that's amazing. That is, that is amazing. You know, and like I said earlier, if you're listening and you have a message to share, if you agree with what it is that we're saying, if you don't agree and think that uh, you know better, I won't let you on my radio show, but I'll let you call in and share your message. I'm joking when I say that. That's just the attic in me, not allowing uh, somebody else to be uh, on my level. Right, like I said, uh, at one moment I'm better than the next moment I'm less than. So now that I said that, I feel I feel a little less than. So we'll take your calls at eight six six four seven two five seven nine two. That's eight six six four seven two five seven nine two. When Ellen and I return on the Miracles and Recovery Radio Show. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent, inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision-making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health & Wellness Channel. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. And we are back, and I think I'm on the air, and I think I'm fine. I, I was just told by uh, Josh that everything sounds good, so I'm not going to move. I'm going to sit here for like a statue for the next 15 minutes. You know, it's funny. I think, Ellen, I think we woke up a, a sleeping giant. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 
um, Mike's son. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Mike's talking to you. Yeah, he's, he's listening. All right. Yeah. Hi, Mike. We you know, miss it's, you. It's, it's funny. He said, you know, I, I was saying something about uh, having a chance or whatever, what I said. And he came back with, I had no chance. When I was a kid, they'd take me to rehab, but the counselors kept bringing me home. You know, and that that is so true. I mean, that we could talk about 15 minutes on that, about how many people I turned off while I was trying to manipulate my way through this. But the bottom line is, is that everybody is going to, Ellen says it all the time, we all turn into the same individual. We all turn into the same monster. We are... We are uh, like a shark, like a yep. lawyer. We all turn into lawyers. You guys all lawyers. turn into sharks. Yeah, Every addict I've in- ever known. You get to a certain stage in the disease, you're a shark. We're a lawyer. Just we going after lawyers, it. Yeah. <laughs> lawyers, doctors, you know, all of the stuff that... Uh, Pilots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that one will go over everyone's head. But, um, you know, I'm grateful today that, like I said before, we can share our message of hope. You know, but it's about you. It's not about us. We, we, we've, I, I don't want to say it cockily, but we've made it. I asked Ellen before if she even worries about, you know, doing an inventory before she leaves the house. She said, absolutely not. No. I don't think on a daily basis about using like I used to. Um, 30 years kind of maybe, maybe gave me that little bit of respite. You know, I'm not saying that I put myself in places where, I don't belong just to test myself. Those days are gone because I, I always failed when I did that. Um, but the show is for you. You know, get involved. Dial 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. And share your message of hope. I mean, we're open. We, we have people listening right now in probably 28 to 30 different countries. I mean, I get the readout weekly about where people are listening from. It's always, we have a huge American audience, and usually Ireland just runs right up behind us. And, you know, I, I'd like to take, thank my uh, Irish brothers and sisters for that. I'm not, not saying that I have 800 brothers and sisters over <laughs> Ireland. You never know. Mothers, uh, brothers from a different mother, I guess I would say. You know, and um, I'm grateful that we can share this message and we can bring hope to our audience. So use it to your benefit. Because this is your time. If you're sitting here listening to us share our message, get involved. Call. And even just ask one question and hang up. That's how, ultimately, that's how I I, I got into this stuff. We were listening to an individual that Ellen knew uh, who started a radio show on Sunday evening. And about five minutes into it, I texted her and went, oh, man, this is going to be brutal. Yeah. And uh, she texted me and said, call in and ask him a question. And I called in and asked him a question, and he held me on the line until the break. Now, during the break, he said, would you mind coming in next Sunday? And I said, well, if Ellen wants to come in, I have no problem. And I think it was either the next Sunday week. I don't know if we called in again or if we came in. I that think we actually went in right after that, that because Sunday. he really needed the support. And we were on the airwaves. And, you know, at that point, our message was not getting out to, I don't want to say the proper people. It was getting out to the proper people. It just wasn't getting out to enough people. Right, and and yeah. the, the focus of that show was a little bit different too. A, I mean, a lot it was different. More it was protesting, about pill mills and, yeah, yeah, protesting pill mills and getting rid of yeah. them and all of that. And, and fortunately enough, while we walked through that time, all of that became successful. Yeah, it you did. know the pill mills, we got them out of Florida. The all of the skanky doctors and all of that stuff. I mean, I think a minimal still goes on. I think some still goes on because I see a couple of people posting things on social media. Um. But it's nothing, it. nothing like it was. And, you know, it's funny. I, I was just challenging challenging people to call in. And we have a caller. Hi, Gail. How are you? <laughs> Hi. Uh, how are you, Raven? How are you, Ellen? Hey, Gail. Um, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, I've been listening the last couple of weeks, and I just couldn't pass it up by not calling in tonight. Um, I'd like to just say that painful times have brought 
miracles in my life. And it reminds me of the time, Raymond, when I told you you could no longer, no longer come to our home. Uh-huh. And I went on, I was going on a weekend to get CEUs. And it was a weekend for people uh, working in the health field to bring joy and not have it be morose all the time. And I was sitting at a workshop, and the leader, um, she was quite a uh, renowned woman from Santa Barbara, California. And she picked me out of the audience. And I'll tell you first what happened and maybe what she saw in me. You mm-hmm. were not allowed in the house, but you were known. You knew we were going away for the weekend. You didn't know we went for breakfast and then came back home, and you were there in bed. Mm-hmm. And I went off and didn't know how to feel about it. I was angry. I was everything. And this lady pulled me out of an audience because she said she saw sadness in my eyes she brought me up and sat me in a chair, and she brought it out of me what what my life was, how my life was going, because I was so worried about you. And she made me say goodbye. And she, and she made me mean it, that I had to say goodbye that you were on your own. I couldn't do anything. I had to say goodbye. And I, I did. I hate that lady. Lo and behold, what? <laughs> no, <I'm> jo- <laughs> I jokingly just said I hate that lady. <laughs> I lost I lost my I lost my enabler at that point. I hate that lady. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm calling in because it looks like there's a lot of pain in my heart, uh-huh. and I'm looking for a miracle, and I'm going to have to say goodbye to another son, and I have to believe that doing that is what he what I need to do uh-huh. and can't have any expectations on that just to know that that's what I have to do. I can't fix him. And I pray that we get another miracle. Right. Thank I you, mean, Alan and Raymond. That's you know, a good show. I mean, Thank our, you. our uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make light of this a little bit, but our family has been sainted already. You know, a second miracle is nothing for us. You know, we've I, I, a second miracle about a fifth miracle. I mean, yeah, how many I how many times have we been blessed with? Uh, you know, I don't want to say blessed, but I mean, how many times have we walked through gloom and doom, and yeah, prayed and and came out on the miracle end of it? You know, um, yeah, I, I I don't know. You know, so. So there's always hope, you know, and, and you know how to take care of you. You know, I, I, I really can't. I mean, we've had these conversations and I really can't give you any guidance because it's 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 two recovering uh, alcoholic and addicts talking to each yeah. other. All right, yeah. And plus, because it's family. So, you know, you re- you go to uh, an Al-Anon meeting or you go to an Al-Anon meeting or you go to reach out to somebody who has struggled on that side of it and and you know i've been i've been in that struggle as well and it's not a fun place to be when you're fooled with a bunch of knowledge that all you have to do is just say no and your life gets better or your life gets different but you can't force that into somebody to get it you couldn't force it into me i had to get to my saturation point and hopefully yeah i know he, he will too you know and we just have to go on and and ask our audience for prayers. And every time you pray and it misses the individual you're praying, it sticks to somebody else. So it's not a needless prayer. Well, and thank you right. for telling that story again, Gail, because the first time I heard it from you, it really, really, really touched my heart and made a difference 
to me. So you're you're helping a lot of people by telling the story. Well, yeah. it, it it it's my truth, and and it's what it's the steps I've taken in my addiction life, and um, this is kind of AA and Al-Anon meeting for me tonight. You're meeting, I mean, your Sunday night, yeah, your Monday night, <laughs> do that for me. <laughs> right. Just okay. a, just well, a uh, well, we only have like a minute left, Mom, but uh, just a, yeah. um, okay. just a, no, sit, sit there, don't go anywhere. Just a, uh, my mother fell like three months ago and broke around just under her shoulder. So she's been dealing with that. Uh, you know, with with everything else that uh, that life's been bringing her. So, you know, I like just asking the audience to say a little quick prayer. She'll grab it because she's looking for him. You know, she'll she'll absolutely crack a window to let him come in so her arm so her arm will heal. You know, she's a lot. She's a she's a feisty old lady. And and the thing is, is that you know, like I said, we've had so many miracles that can't keep us down. So I can only yeah, trust and believe. I can only trust and believe that this one will come too. Ellen? With miracles in recovery, hope is in your corner. That it is. Stay blessed, everyone. Good night. Good night. God bless you. Good night. Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery. Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Hope is in your corner.